Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hi folks, Christine here. So Emma and I tried to, we've been trying a lot of different things, but we tried to uh, use a new software to record our episode this week. And let's just say we had some slight technical difficulties. Em's computer basically uh, gave up the ghost, if you will. Oh god, that was dumb. But in any case, we were not able to record the normal episode. We got um, a few minutes in, and then we replayed Em's audio, and it sounded pretty much like they were a cave-dwelling gremlin. Sorry, Em, love you. So we were pushing uh, close to Sunday, and we were still not able to record, and Em decided to just go get a new computer, but obviously with everything going on in the world, that was going to take a little bit of a delay. And so this week, we've decided to put out a live episode. This is actually one of our favorites. It's from Minneapolis. This is the uh, city where M found uh, three haunted bears and gave them to me as a just beautiful gift. Thanks, M. Little did they know I would get deeply attached and keep them forever. In any case, this is a wonderful memory from back in a world when we were allowed to, you know, be next to each other and hug you guys. So I'm sorry we don't have a new episode for you, but we are fixing the situation. Em is getting a brand spanking new computer, and we are hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, not going to have any more uh, major technical issues in the future. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for being patient uh, throughout all this. I know things haven't been necessarily ideal with the audio, but we are really working on it, and we want to make sure uh, we don't compromise the quality of the show at all. Anyway, we love you. We hope you are staying super safe super healthy. I hope all the ghosts in your house are leaving you alone for the most part. I know Walter is getting pretty tired of me, especially since I polished off the gin. So pour yourself a glass of wine, light a candle, close the blinds, and enjoy the show. Sorry. I feel like a kid that's like about to give a presentation that he has no You're idea like, about. Listen, we just flew in from Los Angeles. And boy, are my arms tired. Fun fact, he was a wonton. Ooh, English is my first language. Is Tamara Holmes? What? Sassy with me. Sassy the clown. The clown is showing. Ooh, fight. Oh, sweet baboon. Finish your drink, <laughs> And that's why we drink. Hello. Oh my! Oh, 
Hello, Minneapolis. These are, what does that sign say? I can't read that. It says, whoops. Oh, I see. Uh, Love your hair, hate, hate your, your guts. guts and then whoops, whoops, she means hate. Eat oh. your guts. <laughs> Love it. Love hate it. it. Hate it. Um, <laughs> oh, my. This is a cool spot. Thank you guys for having us. Thank you. I have never been here before. No, and this is super pretty. All these little, like, spooky chandeliers. We didn't ask for that. That just happened. Our green room is like a little bomb shelter. It's very creepy. There's a disco ball. It's just wild. It was bananas. Uh, also, <laughs> it's a super cool town from what I've seen, but Eva was very frightened by your large the, tunnel the to bridges. the sky. Yeah. Whatever those are. Those. Was, yeah, we the know tunnel, now. I call them the tunnels in the sky. Okay. I, I call them the hamster tubes. Yep. Uh, I apparently Eva was trying to get to a Chipotle. <laughs> so all she, she wanted was a burrito. And she was like, I was one of the only people walking on the, the street street. And then <laughs> she and looked then up. <laughs> she was looking at her GPS like, I'm here. Where is it? And then it was like, up. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Very, very, very cool. like Jetsons of you. Yeah. Very Jetsons. Right. Very dystopian. You're preparing. Oh, Good for great. you. We have the bomb shelter. I mean, it all makes sense now, I guess. Uh, also, wow, it's so cold yeah, here. Yeah, what the fuck? And I know you're probably laughing that it's really not that cold I here. Know. But, but, it's, but it's fucking May, okay? So you can't play that game with me right now. When you come to L.A. and it's like 80, you're going to be like, it's so hot. And we're going to be like, eh. Honestly, we were in Wisconsin yesterday. B- boo, I don't know. Yeah, fuck do, Wisconsin. Do, I'm neutral, apparently, on Wisconsin today, okay? Uh, and it was fucking cold, and then everyone promised me it would get warmer, and it did not. And then I, I came here, and it also did not, so not sure what to make of that. Uh, no. no. And then we're, I don't know. Yeah. I guess oh, I'll... and then after this, we're making a pit stop at the fucking Webby's, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. Oh, Hang my on. God. All so, right. uh... I decided, I was like, I went to a whole bunch of weddings last year, <clears throat> and then some, and then I was like, okay, well, I've been renting enough, enough suits, I'm just going to go, oh, like, God. buy one, right. so I went to, uh, the, I went to, keep going, she's already heard it a million times, uh-huh. I can't shut up, uh-huh. um, so I went to this, like, Thank you. the suit place, the suit place, I forget what it's called, and, uh, I was like, hi, I'm here to buy a suit. And they were like, well, we're having a deal right now where if you buy one suit for only $80, you get one whole custom suit. And I was like, oh! <laughs> and so then I was like, I don't even know what to do with that. And he was like, well, what are some people that you like that you've oh seen in suits? God. And I was like, Captain America. So I have a whole Captain America custom suit. (laughs) Very excited about it. Not even a joke, yeah. Plus, when you combine that with my Back to the Future tie clip and cufflinks, I'm going to look fucking bananas. Oh, my God. Did you literally just bring up the Webby so you could talk about your damn suit? I've been wanting to talk about it for so long. Okay. 
I'm so excited about it. But I, it's, it's not ready yet. What, trust me, when it comes in in a month, there's going to be a lot of Instagram You'll pictures. You'll know. Don't worry. We'll all know. Anyway, that being said, thank you for having thank us. Thank you. We're thank very you. excited to be here. Uh, we could also uh, do well, well, pour, pour one out for our homie because uh, Juniper deserves well, a drink Junie, currently. Yeah, Junie went to the vet yesterday um, with Blaze, and he's fine, but <laughs> Blaze sent me this video and was like, Junie's mad, Juniper's mad. And I was like, what? And it's this video, and it's this... It's the, hang on. It's a demon from hell noise. It's... It's a sound I've never heard from a cat it's in my life. It's an insane sound. Or any creature on earth. No. It sounds a little like... <laughs> it's just like this horrible shrieking, like guttural shrieking noise. And it's, everyone keeps laughing, and I'm like traumatized. I'm laughing a little bit. But like, in a, I'm, like I'm nervous laughing. I'm like... <laughs> Poor um, thing. That being said, let's crack into it. Yes. Okay. I'm excited. These are so comfy. These chairs are rocking my world right now. We might fall asleep. And we were warned, too. They were like, just so you know, like, they're really low. So when you get in, like, be ready. And then I heard, and I was like, okay. And then I just came out here, and I was like, whoa. The audio of that is not going to be pretty. Sorry, <laughs> Both Eva. of us just falling. <laughs> Grunting. Whoops. All right. Here's what's going on, guys. Tell me. Uh, don't be mad. This oh, is oh great. This is not a ghost story. It's an <laughs> urban legend of your town. So hopefully that makes up for it. I've been on an urban legend kick. The last like three I shows know, I've what done. The, hell? Are, the last three shows I've done are urban legends. They've legend. been really fun. They've been wild. So uh, if you know this, please clap. If you don't, please clap because I have anxiety. <laughs> and then continue to clap until I'm off the stage. Right. And, and then clap until we're like in New York at the Webby's. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is the story of Peppy, the monster from Lake Pepin. What the? F I think they're making that up. I Some think of those were pity claps, that's a pity but that's clap. okay. What the fuck are you talking about? We're going to learn together. So, uh... It sounds like you're reading us a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go on this journey one by one, and it's yes. okay. Um, okay, so is, does Le Lake Pepin mean anything to anyone here? Okay. Cool. Those, well, if those people. Someone in the back, Specifically. great. Specifically. So, uh, apparently, you guys have uh, the United States' version of the Loch Ness Monster. Aww. Oh. You guys sounding fucking confused tells me those were pity claps earlier, by the way. <laughs> oh, we got you. Your Midwestern came out with, oh. Uh-huh. It is my favorite thing about being up here. I caught you. Sneaky, like, sneaky. Some, usually, Em has to go, when, when Em says something like kind of history related, they go, ooh, ah, to make people do that. But you guys do it automatically. You did it on your own. We don't need to prompt you at all. There's just, ooh, it's so nice. <laughs> it makes us feel very important. It's so like, ooh, is that soul? Wow. <laughs> okay. Very satisfying. I appreciate it wholeheartedly. Yes. Yes. So. This is the United States version of the Loch Ness Monster, which is in your Lake Pepin. I think I'm saying that right. And the... Okay. Oh, great. And uh, <laughs> the creature's name is Peppy. Okay. That's precious. So, 
Okay, I, I am being so redundant. The next, the next thing I have to say is, lives in Lake Pepin. Okay. This is we're literally... There. We're there. We're there. This is literally a children's book. <laughs> I know. Maybe it's for my own sanity. I'm like, where am oh I? God. Okay. So, uh, Lake Pepin, if you don't know, which I did not, apparently borders Wisconsin and Minnesota. Okay. Maybe not, but that's what Wikipedia told me. It is part of the Mississippi River. It's a lake on a river which actually makes it a geological oddity. So the lake on its own is apparently weird. Um, <laughs> okay. Like, to even exist. So it's interesting that a monster supposedly lives in there. So, also, fun fact. Oh, God. And off we go. And to the races. So, uh, <laughs> Lake Pepin is home to the only working lighthouse on the Mississippi River. What? Ooh. Oh. Oh. It makes me so happy. That, I'm not making fun of you. I just wish I sounded like that. That actually was a rare fun fact, like an actual fun fact. That's one you can those, share with your families yeah. at the lake. Those are very rare. So Pepe uh, dates back all the way to the 1600s, according to a few archives. The one in particular is a guy named Father Louis Hennepin. And... Wait, okay. I talk about that too. Wait, do you really? Well, that. So that, we know that person. That word. <laughs> Hennepin, Father, or Lewis. And then on Google Maps on the way here, I saw it on multiple buildings, and I was like, that must be a thing that everyone knows. Okay. Okay. I didn't know I stumbled upon a little gem it, there. It's Hennepin, right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, well. Thank you. He's involved in this. Cool. I'm on the right track. Um. So he wrote a report that he's actually the first report, according to these archives, um, that saw Pepe and said that it was a, quote, huge serpent as big as a man's leg. And <laughs> apparently all man's legs are the same size. But that doesn't seem very big. He was half the size of a man. Um, okay. Apparently. And seven to eight feet long. Is is he okay? Is who the hell is this guy? The the story. The no story, offense, but the story transforms. Don't worry, it gets bigger. <laughs> That's what she said. You're right. Drink <laughs> <laughs> and pour one out for Michael Scott. So. Um, all right, here we go. So, uh, fast forward like 200 years to the 1800s. So, more reports are now starting to come in from natives living on the land, and mound builders in the area are saying that the missing people in their community, um, it's attributed to the monster, that the monster's killing them, and that's why they're missing. And oh. then they just don't go look for them. They're like, oh, well, that's peppy. <laughs> that's peppy, all right. <laughs> Apparently, the have warned people that uh, a monster lurks in the lake and has a huge neck, a humped body, and a long tail. And also ancient uh, effigy mounds have all appeared to depict huge serpents in the water uh, near the area, and natives have demanded that they will only cross water in their strongest canoes because they have apparently had poor experiences uh -oh. on the water in their thinner canoes where... Uh -oh. An animal has punctured the oh. material and the whole ship has, or the whole canoe has gone sinking. Oh, no. So. 
Okay. Someone's very amused and by Pepe that. And Pepe is so proud of his work, apparently. Yeah. So, like I said, it's most commonly referred to as Minnesota's Loch Ness Monster or America's Loch Ness Monster. And uh, interestingly enough, Loch Ness and Lake Pepin are very similar in size. So a lot of people think that that's oh. kind of a fun fact, if you will. God damn it. One of them is 23 miles long, while the other is only 22 miles long. One of them is one and a half miles wide, while the other is two miles wide. So they are very weirdly the Wait, same what size. L- Loch Ness and... Oh my God, I thought you meant the monster thing. I was like, oh. oh. It's like it really did grow. Holy <laughs> shit. It's 22 miles long, just like a man's leg. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, don't put your canoe anywhere near that thing. (laughs) I don't care how thick it is. Okay. (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) Sure. It gets bigger, and I don't care how thick it is, so. La, la, la. It's 2008 again. Yeah. Uh, oh, and also, both uh, lakes are also surrounded by high hills and bluffs. So on a picture of it, they both look very similar. Um, but there is a difference in that their depths are very different. So Lake Pepin is only 60 feet deep, but Loch Ness reaches like 700 feet and oh, more shit. sometimes. So <laughs> it wins. <laughs> <laughs> In the 1850s, steamboat operators in the area started reporting seeing a creature that they called a large unknown animal in the water. Um, In 1867, the first newspaper account showed up of river rafters seeing uh, what they thought was peppy in the water. Um, So far, all the descriptions are all pretty much the same, so I'm just not reading them, so I'm not redundant. But in uh, 1871... Apparently, at the Minnesota Historical Society, they have something called the Book of Days Almanac, which it's basically the city's yearbook. Aww. And uh, so check it out. That's and cute. Uh, apparently, in the 1871 Book of Days Almanac, there is a report from two men that saw, quote, a marine monster between the size of an elephant and a rhinoceros. <laughs> what? Very <Which>, specific. <laughs> it's like only those two animals. Yeah. Though. Um, which moves through the water with great speed, has gray skin, and can snatch birds midair. That's frightening. So it's grown since yes, the 1600s. Uh, where am I? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. So now we're going to 1922. Okay. I'm just trying to cover the, the main stories that people might have heard of. So in 1922, uh, this one's my personal favorite. Uh, this guy named Ralph, he... Yeah. It's our favorite, too, apparently, (laughs) already. I will tell my roommate named Ralph that everyone laughs at his name. That's true. Uh, So one guy named Ralph, he saw Pepe gliding across the lake. This was 1922. I just saw him gliding across the lake. (laughs) And his first thought was, if a large aquatic creature, this is a quote, if a large aquatic creature can skim across the water's surface, why can't I? What? That sounds like a Disney song. So a few months later, he invented water skiing. (laughs) What the fuck? Are you being serious? And the area that this lake is in is called the birthplace of water skiing. And the guy... So you guys know about that, but not the freaking (laughs) giant monster that lives in there? 
And, oh and that same guy, Ralph, he did actually invent waters. Yeah, I heard. They're yeah. really excited about it. But apparently, I mean, I'm imagining it's kind of like a lore, a local lore, the like, that's how he came up with water skiing. <laughs> but I, I want to do that too. <laughs> eh, I want to be just like Peppy. So, oh. don't we all? So, in 18, uh, 1983, a girl named Shelly, when she was 14, she was water skiing, because apparently that's where you fucking do this now. Um, and she experienced the monster. She said, quote, it came up right next to the ski boat. It scared me to death. The lake monster was black as night and longer than the boat, probably 20 or 30 feet long with scales. So people are like very like just guessing the size at this point between a leg, an elephant and 20 feet. (laughs) Uh, another guy named Steve was on a boat. Steve. 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 And, uh. Steve and Ralph. (laughs) and Steve uh, he was quoted saying while on the boat up ahead I thought I saw a tree we got closer maybe 50 to 75 yards from it and I saw at least 20 feet of it out of the water it was greenish with a cast of yellow I distinctly remember three humps with one hump looking like the head so so like a little loft yeah I don't really understand what Steve saw but (laughs) I don't know if Steve understood what Steve saw I don't know either (laughs) It was maybe a tree, but then it was like three humps. So. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think Steve knows what a tree is. So No. There is, uh, I mean, there are several reports of people seeing this monster, but one in particular that I liked was there's a guy who still uh, works by the lake and uh, offers pontoon boat tours. And after he saw the monster, he no longer allows uh, his guests to go swimming. Oh, my God. Like, at the lake. He's like, well, I know you came here for that, but... No. Oh, okay. You might as well take the swim trunks off because you're... Enjoy your sad, dry day at the lake. (laughs) Uh, Boaters have also reported being attacked or having their boats attacked um, by first hearing loud knocks on the bottom of the boat and Mm. then it being violently pushed back and forth until the entire boat is swinging as if it's in the middle of a storm. Mm -mm. In 2004... A, quote, massive humped creature with a long neck was photographed, uh, and it's believed to be Peppy, and apparently that picture is pretty popular now, um, and it hangs in a lot of restaurants near there. Well, apparently like they thing. don't know much about it. There was, there was one guy who, it's a long, basically there was a pizzeria in one of the stories that I was going to cover, and in the pizzeria they have, like, Photoshop Nessie into, like, a pizza pie or something. So if you see that, let me know, because that sounded great. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if that place is open, but they made sure in the news article to like mention that. So, uh, In 2009, investigators uh, hosted a scuba peppy hunt. Um, oh my, this sounds dangerous. Okay. Where they all got together uh, and wanted to go scuba diving and hunt for peppy. And they brought all their underwater cameras and sonar equipment and uh, just wanted to see what they could find. And actually, footage from this event has now been used on the Discovery Channel for shows talking about Peppy. Okay, so okay. Pretty legit. What the, is the footage? It's nothing great. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. It, okay. <laughs> I will, because I wanted to see, like, oh, did they catch something? It's not really. They caught the hunt, so they're hunting, <laughs> them hanging out. <laughs> Underwater. Yeah. Underwater. Anyway, moving on. Blah, 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 blah. So, the main scuba diver on the hunt, he, his sonar equipment, 
indicated that under the ship was a large object, probably 30 feet long and six feet wide, 35 feet below. So he got out of the boat and went to go look for it. And he said as soon as he was down there, he didn't feel like he was alone. And then something enormous swam by him and then took off. Oh. And when it took off, it swam so fast away from him that it caused water turbulence. And he got caught under the water in a vortex. Oh, God. From swimming, from being so powerful. So no. had to be pretty big. He, oh. I like how this, sorry. No, <laughs> oh, no it's okay. Aww. Uh, he did say, whatever it was, it was bigger than me. This was nothing like any fish I've ever seen. And around uh, 2000, so this is a couple years back, but this is a big chunk of the story, so I want to make sure I cover it. Um, there's a guy named Larry Nielsen, and apparently he saw Peppy two different times in his life. The first time, oh, this part, this story, the first story was around 2000, so that's why we're going back. He said, the lake was smooth as glass, and I saw a single wave about 100 feet long and about two feet high, but there was no boats around to cause it. Something was making it, but what, I, but what it was, I don't know for sure. We watched it for a few minutes and couldn't figure out what it might be. A lot of people have seen things like that around here. So he just, all of a sudden, just saw something like 100 feet long just moving around in the water. And then he was like, that's weird. Larry. <laughs> and he was like, well... I'll ignore that. So then nine years later, oh, God. he uh, then saw what he thought was a log in the water. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it started very quickly moving upstream. And he, that was when he was convinced that what he saw was Peppy because he was convinced it was a log, but it, it didn't look like any other animal he'd ever seen. And it just swam off. So being a member of the Lake City Tourism Bureau. Sure, of course. He decided to take advantage of his experiences. And as you so, would, as you would. As you would. As and you so would. because of him, uh, the town is now offering a $50,000 reward to anyone providing, quote, undisputable evidence that proves the existence of Pepe. Oh, my God. Out of his own pocket, too. He's like, I, I didn't keep this in here, but he said something like, oh, yeah, well, it's like not that much. And I was like, how fucking much money does Larry make? What is Larry doing in this lake? I was like, you're just going to hand it out. Give me. I want it. So just to kind of help bring people into the town, he was like, okay, well, let's just give them 50 grand if they can find anything. So Okay. Okay. All right. Sounds good, Lair. I'll, I'll find it. Let's go swimming. <laughs> so either the one of the two things that would qualify is either a photo that has been proven to be undoctored or a skin or scale sample that must be verified by biologists at University of Minnesota as, as a previously uncatalogued creature. So if you can get either of those, you got yourself 50K. It's on. The, the reward offer brought in hundreds of emails from newspapers, television, and radio programs, and everyone was saying that any time that they've ever been to Lake Pepin, they thought they saw something. Uh -huh. And he was like, okay, great, but like... I'm not going to give you $50,000. You got to show me. Give me that scale. I, I need proof. Yeah, give me. <laughs> but so it just, it, all of a sudden, overnight, tourism got really big in the area. Um, and Discovery Channel and the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation both filmed there for Monster Destinations and Monsters and Mysteries in America. Cool. Apparently, the town even decided to go above and beyond with the tourism, and they've now planted, quote, official peppy watch stations. <laughs> 
<laughs> so when you go to the lake, not only is it literally meant to be like for the gram, so you can take a good Insta, but it's like apparently the best spots where you can look at the water and like... That is wild, okay. But so you can also look for Peppy. So good, good for Larry. He's doing a good job marketing. Yeah. Oh, in fact, he did so well in marketing that he won an award from Explore Minnesota Tourism. <laughs> so Larry's excited. Larry's a, what a guy. Regardless of promoting the cryptid or the town, Larry hopes that someone does find evidence purely because he still doesn't know what he saw those two times and he wants to shed some light Why on Why doesn't he go find the freaking evidence? Who's going to give him 50 grand? Well... That's the fastest reason for me to not do anything is if no one's going to pay me, but I'd pay everyone else. Okay. So uh, the only rule for getting evidence of Peppy is that he is not allowed to be hurt, so hunters are forbidden. Okay, good. Uh, people who are, like, fishing with, like, I don't know, industrial rods or something, they're not, you're not allowed to hurt Peppy. Industrial That's, rods. Let's go back to that. Isn't that what fishing people do? No? No. Okay. <laughs> Yesterday, mean, I... like the spears. Oh, that's industrial for sure. Yeah. Just a big old... Knife. We do a lot of fishing back in Hollywood, yes. Yesterday I said home run when talking about football, so. It's gone, it's gone really well so far. So I'm not quite the sportsman. Not, not quite. Um, so the only rule is that Peppy cannot be hurt, which is very nice. Yes. And here are the theories of what Peppy might actually be. So, obviously it could be a hoax, uh, it could be people misidentifying waves or logs. No, come on. Which is not the case, I can assure you. I'm sh I've decided. Right. People also think it could be an otter. Oh, an otter. I don't know. An otter, a snake, an eel, a dead tree. Maybe that guy was right, Steve. Maybe. It looks like a tree. It could be. Uh. It could also be a whale in a lake, okay? I think that might be less likely than a peppy monster or whatever. Right. Uh, it could also be a long-necked seal, okay? Okay. It could also be a pleosaur, okay. Oh, hell yeah. I think that's what it is. Apparently, the last dinosaur on Earth yes. may or may not be with you. Guys, that would be so cool, though. I mean, come on, that would be so cool. I mean, that'd be bananas cool. Yeah. But, like, I'm, I'm going to hold off on, like, the proof for that one. Yeah. Um, they also think it could actually legitimately be either a bull shark or an alligator guard that has somehow slipped into the lake. Because apparently those... So, where was I? A bull shark... Okay, you guys know what a bull shark is. Great. An alligator gar, which I didn't know, is 8 to 10 feet long, 300 pounds, has a double row of teeth. What Yikes. the fuck? And both alligator gars and bull sharks have actually been found in this lake. Oh, okay. So, like, even well, though they're, like, not meant to be in lakes, uh-oh. <laughs> so maybe Larry was right not letting you swim in there, right. I guess. Some, someone was, was up to uh, yeah. good thinking. Um, and that was only, like, one or two, like, freak times, like, decades ago. But because it has happened before, they think it could have happened again. So I don't want to make people stop swimming there. Um, I do. This just seems dangerous. <laughs> Listen to Larry, please. It's up to you. Uh, choose your own adventure. So just don't don't sue us. Is all I have to say. Right. So at one point, it is believed that, or not at one point. Mm, how do I say this? So I guess 
I, okay, so at one point, the uh, most believed theory is that this was just an oversized sturgeon um, because sturgeons are very, very large. They look prehistoric. They look like little dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And they live up to over 100 years, which would make sense why so many people have seen it throughout time. Oh, my. And they grow up to be uh, around 8 feet tall and 200 pounds. So it, it's large. It's a big boy. Um <laughs> But because the environment is such shit these days, they have taken a toll. Don't, ooh, no. We know it has. Uh, It's taken a toll on the sturgeons in the lake, and nowadays they only get up to maximum 40 pounds. What? So it's not likely that what people are seeing are sturgeons anymore because they don't look like they used to. They're little boys now. They're little baby boys. boys, like a geo. Oh. Oh, so sweet. Oh, BB. Okay. The poor people who got dragged here. Okay. What is happening? Like, is Gio a human? Okay. I like to tell people that he's our upstairs, our elderly upstairs neighbor. And then he certainly acts like it. Really confused. Yeah, I sound like I'm weirdly in love with our neighbor. Uh Okay. Uh, So there are some weird fish that it could also be that have actually been in the lake before, including a Paku. Uh, P-A-C-U. They're apparently found in the Amazon, and they're related to piranhas. Oh. And those have been found in that lake. Um, Apparently, it could also be a long-billed paddlefish, or it could be a carnivorous flathead catfish. Oh, my God. All of which have been in that lake. This is why I don't fucking go swimming. Yeah, what the fuck? Um... So Peppy could potentially be any of those, although it is very unlikely because they, none of them are the right size. Um, some people believe that Peppy could be an alien. Um, I, I believe that, yes. Because this is so because uh, it borders with Wisconsin, which happens to be the UFO capital of the entire world. Oh shit! Don't which, boo! You have the last dinosaur. It's okay. Yeah, you can you, both have aliens your thing. and dinosaurs, and you're then this lake is right down the middle, yeah. so you're fine. You can both have your thing. <laughs> um, and so a lot of people think that because there is significant UFO activity, um, it might be an alien, which, sure. Yep. At this point, it's not the most crazy thing I've said yet. Um, uh, that's true. No matter what the creature is, it is pretty much well assumed at this point across the board that Peppy is a vegetarian. Aww. So sweet. Because he's never attacked a person that we know, so like if he's never attacked a person, he clearly is not interested in biting us. What about the boats that he attacks? He eats boats, but that's not meat. I guess that's true. What about all those people that went missing? I think they were actually missing, and someone oh. was covering it up. Using uh, him as a scape monster. Right. People have also said uh, that Peppy is a shy creature, and... So it just further proves that he's not going to bite you because he doesn't like being around people. Can relate. Yeah. Um, not with a biting thing, though. No. Right, especially that. Uh, one thing people have discovered is that Peppy, you ready? Uh-huh. Has a weakness for alcohol. As do many here. Is this an intervention? <laughs> Christine, uh, I think you are Peppy. No. Uh, I brought all your closest friends. <laughs> Um, so apparently, so hang in there. I'm, a, I'm aware of how stupid what I'm about to say is. Oh, great. When alcohol is involved on the lake, Peppy reports skyrocket. 
It's like, well, yeah. But it has helped with tourism. And so they say, like, if you get really drunk, you might also see a scary dinosaur. And people are like, ah! Let's go! So, mostly they are probably drunk people that are seeing a lake monster that does not actually exist. But it, there is a quote from Larry himself saying, Larry. It seems like he comes around, around more when there's alcohol. The only thing we can deduce is that he must like the smell. Or maybe he wants a That's little the pour out. Only thing we can deduce, yes. <laughs> so although there's no solid evidence outside of the stories that people have told, many people believe that the monsters exist, including um, there's one guy named Chad Lewis. He wrote a book called Peppy the Lake Monster of the Mississippi River, and he tried very, very hard to prove its existence. And I did look up the reviews, and apparently people are like raving about how well researched it is. So I'm gonna give my my props there. He has been a paranormal encrypted investigator for 20 years, and usually he always tries to land on the fence of like 50-50, maybe something's real, maybe it's not. Like he doesn't want to judge it, but also he tries to go by facts. Um, However, he does think that with all the testimony and archive documents that he's found of Pepe, it's most likely like 75 to 80% true that Pepe could exist, Mm. which is something that he's never said before. Okay. He is quoted saying, this is probably the first time ever I thought something pushed me above the 50-50 mark. This is based on the quality and believability of the stories, ranging all the way back from the 1600s through the early natives, all the way until today, people still reporting that they see it. Larry. And if you, (laughs) Larry only, and drunk people. And drunk people. And he does uh, say in an interview that if you want to report a sighting yourself, you can email him at chadlewis44 at hotmail.com. Yep, I knew it. He's like, we're either, either going Netscape or Hotmail here. It was one of the two. His personal Zanga. Yeah. So. Angelfire.net. <laughs> so uh, the basics everyone can agree on is that Peppy is a massive, harmless water creature that also happens to most often be seen under an area called Maiden Rock. So... Maiden Rock has its own little fun story, which I'm going to tell you real quick. Uh, Maiden Rock was named after a young Native woman named Winona, but some of the... Okay. Winona, is that you? Oh, my God. (laughs) And her posse is here tonight. Uh, Some stories call her Princess Winona, but then when I was researching it, they were like, well, there was no, like, royalty names like that. It was basically us, like, whitewashing it and being horrible and calling her princess. So, Winona... So Winona's parents arranged a marriage for her, but she loved someone else, and she tried to get out of it, but her parents refused to listen to her, and they demanded that she get married to the man she did not love. And uh, so one day, while everyone was out hunting porcupines... Ah, been there. (laughs) uh, I had to read it, so you had to hear it. so. So everyone was out hunting porcupines, and they turned around, she wasn't with everyone, and they saw her on the edge of a bluff. Oh, God. And she flung herself <laughs> off while singing a death song, a native death song, and died by suicide. Oh, no. Because she couldn't marry the one she wanted to. Uh, she was buried near the area, and it ended up being renamed Maiden Rock because she was a maiden, I guess. Yikes. Um, <laughs> fun fact. Oh, God. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, 
Winona is the namesake of Winona, Minnesota. There it is. Got and it. And her father, Chief Red Wing, is the namesake of Red Wing, Minnesota. It's all making sense. It's all. You're learning so much about geography and lakes. So the bluff where she died is also apparently where Peppy is most often seen. Aww. So I didn't see this anywhere, but I'm surprised there isn't the rumor that maybe it's like a, like a reincarnation deal or something like that. But that's my personal. I could, that'd be cool. <laughs> she turned into a lake monster. <laughs> Look, he can be a fucking alien, but I can't think that maybe okay, he's a ghost. Okay, That's fair. Uh, but people do say that it is haunted by Winona's spirit, that, that whole area. Um, people hear cries near the cliff that she jumped from. People allegedly hear her death song, which oh, is really, really rough. Um, you can hear people following you when you're there by yourself, and you can see an apparition of a woman from the corner of your eye. Some people also say that they hear whispering voices or they feel like they're getting touched by something. A porcupine. A porcupine. <laughs> And what's, what's a fun little uh, mishmash of Maiden Rock and Peppy is that if you go to Lake Pepin, you can see Maiden Rock for yourself while searching for Peppy because uh, I don't know if they're still doing this, but at least for several years, they, the entire town was hosting Peppy Fest. Stop. I love that. Which is in Lake City, Minnesota. And, okay. And... <laughs> It's called the Peppy Parafest, which is way fun. Love it. It is, quote, the world's largest lake monster hunt and festival. <laughs> Probably the world's only, but it make, it's the largest when you're the only one. I'm so obsessed with this. Apparently, at the Peppy Parafest, uh, there are speakers like supernatural investigators and psychics. Also, you can get tarot card readings, crystal reads. Listen, somebody call them. Eva? I know. I didn't know Eva. I ever needed to come to Minnesota more, but yeah. here we are. Eva, call somebody. and Call Peppy. Call Larry. Call Larry and put us in the... Uh, so they have tarot card and crystal reads. There's also cryptozoologists that give lectures. There's animal whispers, so we could bring the baby oh, G. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm in. Um, we, can we can have Junie's, like, howling assessed. <laughs> I'm not and kidding. It's like blood curdling. The animal whisperer would be like, he seems aggravated. Like, <laughs> uh, plus, they give lectures on Peppy's history. Um, the event also has fun things for kids like face painting, live music, food, drinks, games. And they also, for the entire day, it's like from 10 to 10. It's like a whole Bananagrams event. Um, they have walking tours. They have day and night boat cruises throughout oh the lake. I don't want that night one. And they also have a haunted Maiden Rock cruise, oh, where, come which is super-duper fun. Yeah. There is um, one paranormal group that apparently has gone a few times called SIM, which stands for Supernatural Investigators of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And the founder of that group has been quoted saying, there's things that are in the depths. Larry. <laughs> what? Someone said, oh, Larry. Oh. <laughs> no, this guy's name's Jerry. Is it actually? Larry and Jerry. Is I'm it not, actually? I'm not kidding. Oh, my God. Larry, Jerry, and Steve. I, this is the best children's book I've ever heard. Uh, so Jerry uh -huh. 
said he's the founder of Sim. Right. And he, when he was asked about Pepe, I don't know if he was. Oh, he's the one that leads um, a whole other paranormal thing at that pizza place with the with the. You know. You know the thing. You know the thing. So he was asked about Pepe, and he said. There's things that are in the depths of the water that we have not even come close to discovering. So I believe that there's a possibility that Peppy does exist here. So that is the story of Peppy, the Aww. monster of Lake Pepper. Yay! Aww. I feel like, I'm sorry it wasn't so spooky. It was more like innocent and pure compared to like yeah. the gruesome deaths I usually cover, but... It's anyway, a, it's a, veg- a vegetarian. It was peppier. Oh my god, I love Peppy was Peppy's the best. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. And that's why we drink is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your terms. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I don't know this for a fact, but it's my opinion that there is no easier way to build a website than Squarespace because of this drag-and-drop technology. It gets better every year, and it is just, you when you think it can't get any better and easier, it does. I've been using Squarespace <laughs> since 2017. Um, And in that time, they have just proven themselves to be the best and easiest way to make a website. So anytime I make a website for any reason, that's where I go. When you're ready to get started, you can use one of Squarespace's professional website templates with designs for every category, and then you can customize it. You can customize the look, add new content, add features to fit your unique needs. It's just a great spot to have a landing page for you, for your business, for whatever it is you're trying to market or showcase. Squarespace is the best platform to use, in my opinion. Opinion. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. 
Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15 percent off their first order at burrow.com drink that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w dot com slash drink for 15 percent off burrow.com slash drink you know when you've got the holidays the new year and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind especially if you run a small business it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things but stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies for 25 years now stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses whether they're mailing out checks invoices legal documents books podcast branded koozies maybe that's just us or anything else get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink all right guys are you ready to stop laughing and just feel sad (laughs) (laughs) superb it's always a fun like immediate halt Uh (laughs) like oh laugh 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 now don't (laughs) laugh enough enough okay Hello, Minneapolis. I have a murder story for you today. (laughs) Woohoo! Okay, so this, guys, is the story of. If you don't, again, I don't know if you know it, just maybe let's pretend, okay? Uh, Harry Hayward and the murder of Kitty Ging. (laughs) Kitty Ging? I told you to pretend! Nobody's pretending! (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, I appreciate it. Okay, um, <laughs> real quick, my sources, because mm. I, I've developed this fear that I'm going to get sued. Um, City Pages, your, your local, local source. Uh, a cool blog I found called murderbygaslight.com. Highly recommend. And of course, Wikipedia, which I owe, I owe them my firstborn, so. Um. Is that all your sources? Yes. I would also like to give my sources because I also have that fear. 
Um, whatever is on the first three pages of Google when you type in Peppy, Minnesota. Yeah. I should really just start doing that. That's probably easier. Please don't sue me. It's all alleged and I'm stupid. <laughs> I'd rather say it before a court does, so. All right. Let's go. So, Harry Hayward. Born in, he's born in Illinois, but I promise he comes here. I promise. Born, <laughs> <laughs> I always it's always a fun caveat. Disappointment. Born in Illinois in 1865, but moved with his family to Minneapolis when he was only one year old. And um, his childhood was not super great. Um, he was a problem child, uh, times 10. Uh-oh. He was a violent bully. Uh, he enjoyed brutalizing his classmates and torturing small animals. Uh, yeah, we start off strong, and I'm very Uh-oh. sorry. Did you have fun earlier, though? Yeah. Was that good? Good. I'm sorry that Hold I'm... Hold on to that for the next half hour. Sorry that I'm ruining it for you. Uh, he seemingly had no conscience and had zero concern of how his acts would affect others. He went to Catholic school. What up? Uh, <laughs> but according to a Roman Catholic priest who apparently served as his spiritual director, which... I never got one of those, but I could sure use one. Thank you. (laughs) Um, According to this Catholic priest, he understood the difference between right and wrong, but chose to do evil anyway. (laughs) That was his assessment. (laughs) Um, The the priest said, uh, describing his time with Hayward, he said, all was vague and shadowy. Like, what the hell does that even mean? What? I don't know. It's like the first sentence of a memoir. Yeah. (laughs) Dark and stormy night. Right. Um, okay, so when Hayward graduated from high school, he decided to start a life of gambling instead of get a job. Um, he stated that his god was always money. So his, okay. his spiritual director didn't do a very good job, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, well, his father was a wealthy real estate mogul, so he was able to live off his dad's fortune. Um, so that's what he did. He basically just traveled the U.S. and gambled. And traveled and gambled and uh, slept with a lot of women. So there's that. Okay. He, <laughs> okay. Uh, he was extremely egotistical, very vain, um, but also very charming. So he was very good at wooing the ladies. Mm, I see. You know. I, oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, me and all you four don't. of my girlfriends I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> uh, he was known to pick a woman at the start of the night. Then exchange her for a prettier one. Oh, shit. Then, oh. A, then a third. <laughs> and on and on until he found the one he liked best and would take her home. <laughs> Imagine if after this whole story came out and, like, you're reading this in the paper and you were the person he met at, like, 4 p.m. Yeah. And you're like, sad. oh, oh, shit. Aww. But also, whoo. But like, also, good. Like, like thank God. I don't know. Uh, He described it as just being fickle. So I guess that's a good excuse if you need one. Okay. Um, When gambling, he liked to start the night with at least $1,000 in his pocket. And today, that's about $25,000. So he was a very wealthy. That's a a cool amount of money. That's a a cool sum. Uh, He would either usually double it or lose it all by the end of the night. So he would just basically play until until daylight. And it was either all gone or he had doubled it. Um, fast forward to the 1890s. Hayward's now in his 30s, and he's living in a downtown Minneapolis building owned by his father. And the building was at the corner of Hennepin and 13th Street. Oh! 
See? I hear you. I hear you. I looked it up on Google Earth, and it's still there. <laughs> I don't know if the building's the same, but... And the street exists. The street's still there. I uh, took a little peekaroo. Um, there's a little coffee shop over there. It looks kind of adorable. I could see in the windows. They blurred everyone's faces, but... Oh, wow. A little espresso shop, if you're interested. <laughs> um, so that's where he lived. Uh, the population of Minneapolis at the time had tripled over the last 10 years, so it was becoming the booming city that it is today with all your sky tunnels, whatever. The... Uh, I'm not going to say it right. Don't stop it. <laughs> the more you tell me to say it a certain way, the less I'm going to do it. It's like in the office when, uh, when Michael Scott created Tube City. Tube City. You guys, you guys did that. It's just on a grander just own scale. own it. Own it. I know, it is cold. Believe me, we know. Okay. Uh, da, da, da. So he lives in this building. One of Hayward's neighbors in this building was a man named Klaus Blixt. I don't know why that's his name, but that's his name. Klaus Blixt. He was a Swedish laborer, and Hayward would often visit him in his basement apartment. Another of his neighbors was 29-year-old dressmaker Catherine Kitty Ging. He charmed Kitty into believing he was in love with her, and then he conned her into loaning him $10,000. And then he repaid her in counterfeit money and gambled away all her real money that she had loaned him. But he had told her that, they were, that he was in love with her and that they were going to be together and get married. But he was not done with her yet. Hayward convinced Kitty to take out two life insurance policies with him as a beneficiary. And then he went to his older brother, Audrey, and asked him to kill Kitty for him. And his brother was like, no, I will not do that. And so he's like, all right. So he went to his friend Klaus Blixt, you know, our friend in the basement. So he went to Klaus, and through a combination of threats and bribes, Hayward convinced Klaus that he had to kill Kitty. He told Klaus, okay, so this is kind of an upsetting quote, and I'm sorry in advance. He told Klaus she had to die because, quote, Every time I go up to her room, she puts her arms around me, and I would like to put a knife in the goddamn bitch. If there was a dog and her, I would rather shoot her and let the dog go. Oh. Yeah, that one uh, oh my. really startled me awake when I was researching this in the middle of the night. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah, that's rough. Um, Klaus was like, no, I don't want to do this. Please, thank you. Goodbye. And uh, Hayward said, well, then I'm going to murder your wife. Oh. Wow, he gets what he wants. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's horrible. It's horrible. So Klaus was like, shit, I guess I got to do it. <laughs> oh, so I being guess. forced to be a murderer. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. So the plan was set, and on December 3rd, 19... Nope, not 1984. That's wrong. 1894. There it is. Not quite the right century. Uh, 1894, Hayward instructed Klaus to pick up Kitty in a horse and buggy. That would have been fun if it was 1984, though. <laughs> that would have been much more interesting. it was like a novelty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> much more interesting story. Okay. So Hayward instructed Klaus to pick up Kitty in a horse and buggy. He then gave him a gun and a bottle of whiskey, and he instructed him to drink it all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, he told Kitty he would rendezvous with her later near Lake Calhoun, which I'm told has now been renamed its original Dakota name. Is that correct? And I'm going to try to say it. Is it 
Bidet Makaska? Bidet Makaska? Okay. I had to go digging for this information. <laughs> I didn't want to say it wrong. It's been renamed its original Dakota name recently. Got it. it was like Got a it. whole thing. Um, when I went digging for it, I clicked on the Wikipedia, and it <laughs> the head of the Wikipedia just said, help, colon, English. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Me. Nailed it. <laughs> Me. I need that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So that's where we are. Uh, so he told her he'd meet her at the lake, and uh, instead he went to the opera with a new lady friend that he had met. Oh, no. <laughs> so he just was like, mm, turned it's his like, phone off. Next one. Thank Bye. you. Next. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Klaus and Kitty drove down the road, and Klaus, indeed having drunk all of the whiskey, pulled the gun out, pressed it behind Kitty's ear, and fired. Yes. Behind the ear? Yeah. Did, it, did she die? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, okay. Yep. Um, he then uh, pulled up to the intersection of Excelsior and Lake Street. Also, st I'm, I'm mentioning all these things because I like when people cheer. It's hard to get cheers during my story, and so... It's I a lot say, of pandering, a lot of pandering. I say local places in the hopes that someone will get excited for a second. <laughs> Yay! Street names that you know. Oh. <laughs> Well, he, he pulled up to that intersection and pushed her body out of the carriage. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then Jeez. he sped away as fast as you can speed away in a carriage, I guess. Right. He went all three miles an hour. Yeah. Oh, boy. So then Hayward is still at the fucking opera. Um, and when his opera's over, he heads home only to find his apartment building crawling with cops. Um, and he had such a bad reputation in town that he was almost immediately singled out as the main suspect. And the mayor of Minneapolis demanded he be questioned because the mayor of Minneapolis did not like him and was mm. like, he had something to do with this. Uh, but Hayward, of course, was like, no, no, I've been at the opera all evening. And he was, so dozens of people had seen him at the opera. Got it. So he had quite the alibi. And he thought, he'd, uh, he, thought he had gotten away with it. But then police received a letter Dun, dun, dun. Oh, boy. So remember uh, Hayward's brother, Audrey, who was like, no, I'm not going to kill Kitty for you? Uh-huh. Yeah, so he had actually gone to his lawyer to be like, yo, my brother just asked me to kill this woman. Is there anything we can do? And the lawyer's like, you're being dramatic. He's not going to actually kill this woman. Uh-huh, okay. And then the woman dies. Right, moving on. And then the lawyer's like, oh, police? Yeah, I guess I already knew about this. Oops. So the brother's like, yeah, no, he asked me to be the hitman first and then went to this other guy. So now they have enough to put Hayward on trial for first-degree murder. And the trial was hugely sensational. I feel like all trials back then in, like, the 1900s all were... All sensational, all yeah. All sensational. Um, <laughs> it lasted 46 days. It consisted oh. of a total of 136 witnesses. <laughs> oh, my God. 5,000 people gathered to watch the that trial. That is sensationalized, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the main witnesses were Hayward's brother and, of course, Klaus. And oddly enough, on the stand, Hayward decided uh, that his, his story was that his brother was the murderer all along, and that didn't really work at all, and nobody bought that. So he was sentenced to death by hanging. Okay. Yes. Klaus pled guilty and received a life sentence uh, for actually pulling the trigger. However, initially, his defense team tried to argue that he had been hypnotized by Hayward. <laughs> Hypnotized. Oh. That didn't work either, clearly. 
They said he had either been hypnotized or mesmerized. And I was like, I don't know what yeah. the difference is. But They're the same. Could be one or the other. Um, Hayward maintained his innocence almost until the end, saying he had nothing to do with Kitty's murder. Uh, then the evening before his execution was to take place, he agreed to give a complete confession to a reporter and a court stenographer. In a shocking twist... Harry Hayward conv- confessed not only to Kitty's murder, but to three more murders as well. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Oh, my. The first of his victims was a 20-year-old sex worker whom he met in Pasadena, California, of all oh. places. That's where you used to live. I used to live there, yes. Uh, he claimed to have lured her into a remote location in the Sierra Madre Mountains, shot her in the back of the head, and buried her in the woods, and then made off with the $7,000 that she had as her life savings, basically. Oh, no. Then he also said he had fatally shot a consumptive, a.k.a. someone with consumption. Oh. That's a new one. TB? TB? Your your favorite. Tuberculosis? Yeah. A consumptive is, I guess, what that was called. Well, that's me. Yeah. But for different reasons. M does not have tuberculosis, by the way. Uh, For people who got dragged here, and for people who have just not heard that episode, or people who just choose to neglect it, um, the first time I ever heard consumption, I did not know it meant tuberculosis. I just thought it meant you died from being so full. From eating. T- and that's not even like a joke. And was like, I don't understand. And I was like, I've fucking had that. that is I was like, like, I've been there. It sucks. M is my favorite consumptive. I'm a proud consumptive. I'll probably have it again one day. I know. Probably tonight. Probably tonight. After we go to that Loch Ness pizza place. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, da-da-da. So he also claimed to have fatally shot, sorry, a consumptive, a.k.a. someone with consumption, near Long Branch, New Jersey, robbed him of $2,000 and disposed of his body in the river. And finally, his most brutal murder, I am so sorry, plug your ears, maybe, uh, happened at a gambling joint in New York. He and a man from China had gotten into an altercation over a card game, so Hayward knocked him over, kicked him in the stomach, then picked up a wooden chair, put the... <laughs> this is really bad. Put the chair uh, through the man's eye and then s- <laughs> sat on the chair. <gasps> oh, my word. Oh, my word. I'm sorry. I I don't believe it. Mm -mm. He later said with a chuckle, his skull was kind of thin. (laughs) What a mofo. Bravo, Christine. You you got the shock of the night. You win. (laughs) My poor therapist. (laughs) Okay. Your poor therapist, truly. How was work today? And just learned about Mm. a chair going through an eye. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, Okay. He also admitted that he'd plotted to kill several people, including his father, his brother, Audrey, and countless unpleasant women he had encountered. (laughs) Oh, my God. What a jerk. Okay. While on death row, Hayward attempted to hire a hitman to kill a journalist who wrote bad things about him in the newspaper. That didn't work either. Uh... I don't really blame him. The newspapers gave him names like, quote, the most bloodthirsty soul ever to usurp the human frame. (laughs) And this one's my favorite. The most cold-blooded murderer that ever walked God's footstool. Oh, my. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) God's footstool. Are we all on God's footstool? I guess so. 
That how, do we, how do we move from that? That would have made Sunday school way more fun. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that. Um, he also seduced a woman through the mail uh, while on death row. And, uh, that yeah. takes skill. And he was able to finagle conjugal visits with her somehow. I don't know. He even filed, this is ridiculous, he even filed for the insurance claims on Kitty's life, the ones that he had her take out with his oh name on them. And they were like, are you kidding me? Absolutely not, obviously. Uh, according to a true crime author named Harold Schechter, who specializes in serial killers, Hayward displayed many traits that we now know are typical of serial murderers, including overweening narcissism, juvenile sadism, pyromania, and a total lack of empathy for other human beings. Uh, interestingly, he also seems to have suffered from convulsions as an adolescent, possibly as a result of a head injury, which we know mm-hmm. is often found in the background of many serial killers. Frontal lobe damage. Mm. Um, around midnight that night, so he confessed all this to the court stenographer, etc. Then that night at, so this was the night before his execution. So uh, that night he was visited by members of the clergy and, because, you know, he's Catholic, technically speaking. Um, he's, woo, I know, okay. Uh, <laughs> he said he didn't care for religion and was perfectly content facing death without it. And yet, he promised one of the men named John Day Smith that he would publicly proclaim his faith in Jesus Christ from the scaffold before oh. he was hanged. So they were like, all right, cool, we converted him last minute. Woo! We did it. And then all the finally all the Catholics I fived. They did one of those like good game, good game, good game. <laughs> good game at the footstool. Good game at the footstool. <laughs> uh, moments later, he was clothed in a black robe and cap and led to the gallows by the Hennepin County Sheriff. Yes, I hear they're lovely gallows. <laughs> As he walked toward the scaffold, he cheerfully shouted, good evening, to all the spectators. Keeping it charming. Yeah. He then requested three cheers for himself. <laughs> oh, my God. He, uh, he was asked if he had any last words, and uh, he said yes, and he had a lot, a lot of, he had a lot of last words. Many, many last words. He gave a long and wordy speech. He cracked dozens of jokes about his upcoming death. Uh, Upcoming, like in the next 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) He did, however, keep his promise to John Day Smith about proclaiming his faith in Jesus, technically, sort of. He said, quote, John is a religious man. I told him I would pledge him what he asked of me. And it was this. Oh, God, for Christ's sake, forgive me for my sins. And then John Day Smith fainted. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he then continued with his rambling and his joking until the sheriff finally cut him off and ordered him to die like a man. <laughs> okay. Uh, they put the noose around his neck, tied his hands back, and his last words were, pull her tight, I'll stand pat. And uh, fun oh fact, stand pat is a poker term, which means to play the cards you were dealt without drawing any new cards. Interesting, interesting. Interesting, yes. Um, At 2.12 a.m., the trap swung open, uh, but they had mismeasured the height of the... Don't you hate when that happens? (laughs) Yeah. 
so Hayward was not pronounced dead until 2.25, 13 minutes later. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Um, Hayward's body was autopsied, and fun fact, his brain... I've got a lot of those for you today. His brain weighed in at 3.4 pounds. Wow. A.K.A. 55 ounces, if you're from a country that uses normal measurements. Okay. (laughs) Um, back then, apparently, some criminologists believed that criminals were literally a distinctive humanoid type, like they were a different type of human, Oh. and that their skull shape, like, identified them, so they studied his skull, and the doctors ruled that, based on his skull, Hayward was, quote, a degenerate biological phenomenon somewhat below the savage and above the lunatic. I'm like, maybe they were onto something. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't sound wrong. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like something I can get by, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so now there's a little fun conspiracy theory here for you. Oh, yes. Which, obviously, we all love. <laughs> Everyone who was dragged here was like, no, I don't want that. Everyone's but. like, they're, they're like so close Sorry. to getting up, and then we keep making them nope. sit down. <laughs> Just a minute. <laughs> okay, conspiracy theory. According to researcher Walter Trenery, after Harry Hayward's death, rumors began to spread that he had been secretly resurrected by a secret society. Ooh. Oh, wait, I love that. I Why well, hate that, but... When researching Kitty Ging's murder during the early 1960s, Trenery heard claims that the Freemasons Grand Lodge of Minnesota... <laughs> had resurrected Harry Hayward from the dead. I don't know why they would do that, though. Like, resurrect someone else, please. Yeah. We don't want this guy back. (laughs) Um, Okay, so now this is the quote. (laughs) So that's what this guy Trenery kept hearing, that, like, oh, maybe the Freemasons uh, resurrected this guy Harry. Um, The quote is, Trenery, however, expressed... expressed, Sorry, English is not my first language. Hang on. (laughs) So, so, So sorry. Trenery, however, expressed skepticism that Hayward could have survived both hanging and dissection. I was like, yeah. Skepticism, yeah. (laughs) He could have survived it? What are you talking about? (laughs) Stupid. Sorry. (laughs) I just can't get over this. Okay. Conspiracy theory. All right. Um, As for Kitty Ging, so she didn't get enough screen time, I don't think, in my story. So I want to say a little, little tiny thing about her. So... Um, she was single, childless, financially independent with her own dressmaking business, which was extremely... That's right. Yeah. Okay. I know. She was a badass. She was a total badass. And... Yeah. Uh, that was obviously extremely abnormal for a woman at the time. Um, she was a cool, cool lady. Uh, after her death, the pri- these priests, these fucking priests. Thanks, priests. This fucking priest says, okay, so she was a part, member of this parish, and then after her death, her priest, like the, guy, the priest at her parish, um, used her story as a cautionary tale and preached about the dangers of young women rejecting the domestic oh, sphere. Oh, fuck off with that. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Wait, let me finish. Hold Sorry. on. <laughs> the dangers of young women rejecting the domestic sphere where they properly belonged there. <laughs> You don't want to end up like Kitty. If that guy were here today, his, he'd be like, he would not know how to handle the world. No, no. Oh, no. We should Ouija board him later. Nope. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Nope. 
Uh, right. After Kitty's death, uh, her memory lived on. Her twin sister moved to Minneapolis to take over the dressmaking business and successfully ran it for decades. And yay! And in 2002, a Minneapolis soccer field was named Kitty Ging Green in her honor. Very cool. Uh, as for Harry Hayward, um, I think it's best expressed by his jailer, John West, who said, All that remains of Harry Hayward, the Minneapolis murderer, is a handful of ashes, and that is enough. And that's the story of Harry Hayward. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I know it was kind of old-timey, but I thought it was creepy. I liked it. I like when... Uh... When thanks priests make sense. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get to use that one very often. Uh, thank you guys for having thank us. Thank you, Minneapolis. We're so honored. Thank you, Minneapolis. Thank you. We love you. I feel like a kid that's about to give a presentation that he has no.